1: Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark
0: Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. By the way, my beautiful wife back at you. Thank you. Um... Let's start today's show this way. I watched the president for 90 to 120 minutes, as we all did on Sunday, or many of us. Um, I thought he did an excellent job. Lots of questions, fair questions. Some of them were tough. And the president of the United States, I thought, moves really seamlessly from one subject to the next. And he's trying to get across to the American people what he's accomplished because he can't get a break from the media for the most part. And when you look at what he's done with the governors, with the private sector, uh, data, um, I mean, we ha- very few presidents have had challenges like this. Very few. And it's so atypical what we're dealing with here. It would be nice if more than half of the country rallied around the president. I think there's a silent majority who really do appreciate all that he's doing and appreciate what's taking place, and so many people are suffering and fighting. But the problem is, really, with the media and the Democrat Party, it's of a different kind today than it's been in the past. It will never rally around this president. It will never rally around a Republican president, in my view, period. Not from this day forward. It is a power-hungry operation, The media have sold their collective soul to the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party owns the bureaucracy. And this is after 100 years, really more than 100 years, of aggressive progressivism. It is a poison, it is a cancer, and it has taken hold. And every election now is critical. Every single one. Now, I want you to hear the president's response. It's about two minutes when he was asked about or spoke about the press. Then I want you to hear some of the responses, Well, one in particular, and how sickening it has been when the press continues to expose itself as a highly unprofessional, highly partisan, highly left-wing operation. And I blame these corporations that own them. I blame AT&T that owns CNN. I blame Comcast that owns NBC and and, uh, MSNBC. I blame Amazon that owns the Washington Post. I blame a billionaire from Mexico that owns a big chunk of the New York Times and so forth and so on. There's no policing of these institutions. Every other business, there's self-policing or there's professional policing, except when it comes to the Democrat Party press. And any effort to police them, and I don't mean police state, I mean to police them, real standards, ethical requirements, and so forth, uh, is treated with a false call of unconstitutional violation of the First Amendment, which they respect for nobody else, by the way. There's an entire piece in the New York Times today about the white supremacists who are involved in these protests and leading some of them and using it as an opportunity to organize. Maybe that's true. And they are a diabolical, despicable group. They have always have been. But there are millions of Americans, a percentage of whom are protesting, that have nothing to do with any of that. And the New York Times makes really no clear distinction between the two. And it doesn't want to. They did the same crap with the Tea Party. And then you have op-eds, writers saying that the protests are racist. Now, if you're a, you know, if you view the New York Times with the reverence that the left does, you see these people on trains and planes and so forth, you believe this crap. It's propaganda. It's not propaganda that there's evil in the country. Of course there's evil in the country. But everyone protesting is not evil or a white supremacist. People have serious concerns with their constitutional rights, with their small businesses, with their jobs. And they're worried about this country. So it does a grave injustice, grave injustice to the truth when this effort is made to paint everybody with that brush. It's disgusting, but I want to give you an example. Peter Baker is a writer for the New York Times. And he's often been at these coronavirus press events with the president. And so, as I do from time to time, I collected all these newspapers, wasted money, but nonetheless, just to point something out to you. And I I go online, obviously, as well. But every now and then, I want to see what it looks like to hold a newspaper in your hand and what they're saying. So if you bought the New York Times today and you went to A9 There's a headline across almost the entire part of the page by Peter Baker. It's called Tracking an Outbreak, U.S. Fallout, Politics. Death, Economic Woe, and a Predecessor Failed to Move Trump. What kind of a headline is that? It goes on Washington. President Trump had a quick reaction on Sunday after former President George W. Bush called for national unity. He attacked Mr. Bush. National unity, Mr. Trump made clear, was not on his agenda for the day, even as the death toll from the coronavirus pandemic that has ravaged the country past 67,000 and tens of millions of -of out-of-work Americans struggle to get by. What kind of writing is this? He should be writing press statements for Joe Biden. Let me repeat it, because it sounds like a left-wing Democrat, you know, rant. President Trump had a quick reaction on Sunday after former President George W. Bush called for national unity. He attacked Mr. Bush. National unity, Mr. Bush made clear, was not on his agenda for for the day, even as the death toll for the coronavirus pandemic that has ravaged the country, passed 67,000 and tens of millions out of work Americans struggle to get by. Now let me stop here. I'm going to read you more of it. Let's talk Turkey. Let's be very blunt. There are 50 states and territories in the District of Columbia. The President of the United States, the Vice President of the United States, his task force and his administration has spent far more time on trying to assist New York, New Jersey and California than any other states in the country. Than any other states in the country because they've had the biggest problems. A Republican president who has no hope of winning New York, New Jersey, or California. None. States filled with Democrats. Americans, but I'm playing the New York Times game here. Filled with Democrats. He sent ventilators. He built hospitals. He created more beds. He flooded them with military personnel. He flooded them with whatever resources the federal government could cobble together to give to them. He did the same thing for New Jersey and the same thing for California. We have three, truthfully, incredibly incompetent governors. Incompetent governors and incompetent governors before these governors. They've spent their treasury dry. They have massive debt, massive pension obligations. They've cut short their health care. They've cut corners in their hospitals for decades. This president didn't let them choke. He saw Americans in harm, and he acted. And he acted. And we get this from Peter Baker, that this president doesn't want to unite the country. He cannot unite the country as long as we have propagandists like this for the Democrat Party. They unleash a criminal investigation against an innocent man. He's actually the victim. They unleash an impeachment against an innocent man and then have this ridiculous trial. They're subpoenaing him. They're attacking his kids. They're attacking his businesses. And this guy has the nerve, the gall, to write about Trump doesn't want unity. Of course he wants unity, but he has to defend himself. There was no reason for George W. Bush to release that video other than self-aggrandizement. And in that video, which I watched, he has himself somewhere in the middle of it on 9-11. This is a family that has voted against Trump. This is a family that has tried to sabotage Trump. This is a family that hates Trump. You might say, well, for good reason. Okay, but that's not unity. Only now does Bush open his mouth. Not at the beginning of the virus, Not what Trump's under vicious assault on impeachment. The Constitution's under attack. The FBI sends spies into his campaign. Lies to the FISA court. The FBI Director Comey is the Svengali in charge of most of it. George Bush didn't issue a video then. He didn't make a statement then. Let's go on with Peter Baker's piece. Third paragraph. Amid the death and devastation, the president was busy not only assailing Mr. Bush, he wasn't busy assailing Mr. Bush. He put out a tweet that takes about 14 seconds. But another predecessor as well, embracing a fringe conspiracy theory to accuse former President Barack Obama of masterminding a hoax to take him down. That is a fringe conspiracy theory? I don't know, Peter Baker, has Mr. Obama ever been under oath? Has he ever been questioned? Has his records been subpoenaed the way the presidents have? It was his administration, after all. It was his FBI, his Department of Justice. He was the head of the DNC. But it's a fringe conspiracy theory, ladies and gentlemen. It's amazing. In the Obama-Biden administration, all of this lawlessness took place. And neither man has ever had to sit for any kind of serious questioning. Ever. And to suggest they should, that's a conspiracy theory. Mr. Trump also attacked a prominent congressman, denigrated the news media, and threatened to withhold aid to states hard hit by the virus unless they bowed to his demands on immigration policy. See how they write? When Obama's in office, if you don't bow to his policies on immigration... Or the environment. Or on quotas. Or on a thousand other things. He didn't get money either. So unless Trump pulls a Larry Hogan and moves hard left. And plays the game of the left. The formerly moderate governor of Virginia. The only way he could save himself was to move hard left. And now the Washington Post praises the man. Unless Trump does that. You see? There's something wrong with him. He doesn't support unity. Well, Peter Baker really means unity of ideology with the media. Unity of ideology with Pelosi and Schumer. This is why Trump can't stand these people. They are nefarious. They are dishonest. They are corrupt. Peter Baker is all those things and more. And more when I return. I'll be right back.
1: Mark Levin.
0: If you and your family are finding yourself at home with extra time on your hands these days, I know an excellent way to fill it. Take a free online course from Hillsdale College. Hillsdale offers dozens of online courses on topics, including the U.S. Constitution, economics, history, and literature. Right in your own home, on demand and absolutely free of charge, Hillsdale students learn the inspiring history of America. Now you can too. With Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. Learning and teaching our children about America's past is essential for preserving liberty in the future. Register right now to take this free online course, The Great American Story. It's a production masterpiece, and it paints a picture of America as a land of hope founded on high principles. This course and dozens of others on a variety of topics are available to you and your family for free right now. Go to levinfrahillsdale.com L-E-V-I-N, levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N I want to continue this because many of you don't read the New York Times. God knows I try as little as possible, but unfortunately, I have an obligation to you, and I have to read this crap. But I want to go on with this article by Peter Baker. It's a major news article. Then he, meaning the president, planned to end his day with a long appearance on Fox News, aimed not at speaking to the country as a whole, but to his political base six months to the day before the November election, headlining a a virtual town hall on the pandemic at the Lincoln Memorial, named for another previous president who famously once warned about a house divided against itself cannot stand. Is there any news in that whatsoever? Look how he trashes Fox News. Look how he trashes Republicans and conservatives. I mean, Trump has 96% support among Republicans. Look how he trashes news colleagues. Martha McCollum, Brett Baer. Just blows them off. Because they, they try to isolate, segregate, and attack. So far, you've had no news. The message of the day underscored once again that Mr. Trump does not view the presidency in the same way as its previous occupants, favoring combativeness over conciliation, even in times of national crisis. For Mr. Trump, it is a formula that has worked and one that finds him at his most comfortable and confident. You know, I know the president enough to know that's not true. That he, he, is, he, he gets frustrated with the media and others, and he fights back. But, you know, just to show you the complete lack of context in history by this Peter Baker. Combativeness over conciliation in times of national crisis. Ladies and gentlemen, those of you who have read on Freedom in the Press, during World War I, Woodrow Wilson locked up his political enemies, we had an espionage act of 1917, shut down newspapers that opposed him, and resegregated the civil service. During World War II, FDR rounded up 120,000 Japanese Americans and Americans of Japanese descent, and sent them to internment centers in the interior of the country with a military order. I remember the order, 9066, and took their private property away from them. He also unleashed the IRS against newspapers and newspaper owners, who he disagreed with, and political opponents, Democrat and Republican. I guess that's what he means by unifying America. And then there's Abraham Lincoln, of whom I am a huge fan. But during the Civil War, Lincoln, through his Secretary of War, shut down over 200 newspapers, mostly in the South, but some in the North. that They didn't support the North in the Civil War. He put journalists in prison. at a very low tolerance level very low very low tolerance level for dissent during the Civil War and you might say you can't blame him that's fine but Peter Baker has no idea what he's talking about none I want to continue this because somebody has to do an autopsy of the New York Times of Mr. Baker who's there with his chest out his big mouth open he thinks he actually knows something he knows nothing and he's, and he's pushing out this vomit as if it's information. I'll be right back. If you and your family are finding yourself at home with extra time on your hands these days, I know an excellent way to fill it. Take a free online course from Hillsdale College. Hillsdale offers dozens of online courses on topics including the U.S. Constitution, Economics, History, and Literature. Right in your own home. On demand and absolutely free of charge, Hillsdale students learn the inspiring history of America. Now you can, too, with Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. Learning and teaching our children about America's past is essential for preserving liberty in the future. Register right now to take this free online course, The Great American Story. It's a production masterpiece, and it paints a picture of America as a land of hope founded on high principles. This course and dozens of others on a variety of topics are available to you and your family for free right now. Go to Levinfrahillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com.
1: The Voice of Sanity in an Insane World. The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811.
0: You wonder what frustrates and annoys the president and his supporters? It's this, lies and propaganda spun. Trump regularly scorns the notion that he should be more presidential. Dismissing that concept as weak and boring. Uh, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about past Republicans who would take it on the chin and not fight back. But Donald Trump is not a conventional Republican. He's not a conventional politician. That's why he's been elected. The media would never treat Barack Obama the way they treat Donald Trump. Never. Ever. And if they did, Barack Obama wouldn't react the way that he would react to a friendly, fawning, slobbering media. But it is at moments like this that his departure from the norms of his office becomes most evident. Mr. Trump, who spent the weekend at Camp David in his first getaway since most of the nation uh, began locking down in mid-March, seemed peeved at a three-minute video message posted by Mr. Bush. Well, why wouldn't he be? I looked at it. Why would Bush time this for now? Why didn't he do it a month ago or six weeks ago? Why didn't he do it over the last three years? And why is his picture... In the video, the guy doesn't say a word, and now he says something. While Mr. Bush never mentioned Mr. Trump's name, the sitting president clearly took the message as an implicit rebuke. In a Twitter message, Mr. Trump paraphrased, and let us not forget, by the way, that they used to trash Bush, and Bush never fought back. That he lied about the war in this place, but he didn't do this, he didn't react fast enough, the 9-11 happened, he, he should be investigated. You know, they hated Bush. Let us not forget how they used Republican, past Republican presidents against sitting Republican presidents. You know, Reagan wasn't like Eisenhower. Bush 41 wasn't like Reagan. Bush 43 was nothing like his father. Trump's not like any of them, you know, that kind of crap. Good job, Peter Baker. True to form. Mr. Trump also reposted messages attacking Representative Adam Schiff, Democratic Californian, the leader of the House managers, who prosecuted the president at his Senate impeachment trial this year and vowing to deny federal money to bail out states that maintain sanctuary policies protecting some illegal immigrants. What is wrong with any of that? Notice there's no context. What exactly did Adam Schiff say and do? Adam Schiff is now preparing to run another investigation. And what Adam Schiff said and what Adam Schiff has done is un-American and has harmed the country greatly. Mr. Bush's video message was online as part of a 24-hour live stream project the Call called Unite, that also featured Oprah Winfrey, Tim Shriver, Julia Roberts, Martin Luther King III, Sean Combs, Quincy Jones, Naomi Judd, Andrew Yang and other not one of them voted for Trump. Not one of them. But it's Unite America, don't you know? Unite America with liberals. And this idiot, Peter Baker, doesn't even get it. The irony. Former President Clinton also delivered a message. Now there's a Uniter. Speaking into a camera in what looked like a video chat from his home. Mr. Trump is declined to call on his predecessors to help bring the country together during the pandemic. Th- this is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And it goes on and on about Bush. Bush, never been a fan of his fellow Republican president. Trump defeated his brother. In his video message, though, Mr. Bush recalled the difficult days after 9-11 Bush has largely kept quiet since with a couple of notable exceptions such as a speech in New York and a eulogy from McCain that were seen as implicit rebukes of the incumbent. The Bush family will vote for Biden. Let's just be blunt, shall we? George H.W. Bush was a very decent man, won because of Ronald Reagan. It was Reagan's third term, period. And then he lost when he was on his own the second time. George W. Bush won against Al Gore, who was a disaster and an idiot. And even then, close call. It all depended on one state, Florida. And he won it, fair and square, the Electoral College. Well, Mark, you know, Trump didn't get the popular vote. Trump won with over 300 Electoral College votes. He wasn't relying on one state. The numbers were racked up big in California, and they always will be now. Because California's gone. So, what exactly was that article about, Peter Baker in the New York Times? A news article, mind you. There wasn't a single positive word about President Trump in that piece, not one. He managed to trash Fox, he managed to trash the Fox viewers, not one. And that's not the only place in the New York Times where they're slamming the president of the United States today. Just today. goes on and on. Yeah, I mean, you can turn the pages. This is why I get these things from time to time, to take a look. They say, all right, let's, let's look at the Washington Post. They're really sort of Siamese twins, these two pathetic newspapers. They've been Siamese twins since they both covered up the Holocaust in the 30s and 40s. So let's look at the, the front page. Smack in the middle near the bottom, states out front filling federal void. Dan Balls, should be Dan has no Balls, B-A-L-Z, by the way. Chrysler shifts balance of power, pitting Washington against the governors. Now, folks, maybe some of these blue state nutjob governors, but this president has worked more closely with the governors than any president in modern history. Period. Any president. The history of the United States has generally been written with the states in a subordinate role or cast in a negative light, but no longer. Now, what kind of sentence is that? It's a sentence written by a hardcore leftist who doesn't believe in the entire Constitution, who doesn't believe in federalism. The story of America's confrontation... With the coronavirus pandemic is one in which states and their governors have been dominant. Now let's just stop a second there, Mr. Balls. It's his name, B-A-L-Z, so we'll call him Mr. No Balls. Mr. No B-A-L-Z. Let's ask a question. What if the president hadn't acted? What if the president hadn't filled the void? What if the president hadn't provided the resources? What if the president hadn't coordinated with the governors? What if the president hadn't pressured foreign countries and many businesses to produce masks and other PPE or PPP, depending on what newspaper you read? New York would have been lost. California would have been lost. Both of those governors also schizophrenic, have had to praise the President of the United States for the support he's provided. Both of them. You would see much more horrendous human tragedies taking place in New York City and New York environs, Northern Jersey, and California. Not to mention other states. That's what you would see right now. But Dan Nobles, He doesn't see it that way, you know, because he's been in Washington his entire professional career, writing for the Washington Compost his entire professional career. And if you want a byline on the front page, you better toe the line, baby. It's that simple. As Washington has stumbled, governors of both parties have acted to fill the void. Washington has stumbled. Another news story. Washington has stumbled by what standard? By Dan Nobles' standard. You've got to centralize power, be a hardcore status progressive, be shouting out orders, nationalizing businesses, rolling over governors, which would be exactly the wrong thing to do. That's why the Depression went on for 10 years. But Dan no balls, he has no con. he doesn't understand any of this. Way over his IQ, which is why he's a byline on the front page of the Washington Compost. As Washington has stumbled, governors of both parties have acted to fill the void. States have pleaded with Washington for help and sometimes have gotten it. And sometimes have gotten it? Where's this clown been? You know, I don't know if Dan Noballs is one of them. I would doubt it. He, he sounds like a highly moral, ethical, and stand-up guy. Uh, but, you know, they, they they have a little bit of a... An odd thing that goes on in Washington on their computers. Have you heard about this, Mr. Producer? All these people looking at porn all the time. Now, I'm not saying Dan Noball's and by fact, I'll defend him. I'm sure it's not him, but they're obviously not watching these pressers. They're not watching anything. They're really not digging into anything. As often, however, the tensions and disagreement between the state leaders and the federal government, especially with President Trump, have come to define the crisis. No, they haven't, you idiot. As Trump dallied, as Trump dallied, now you understand this is where the campaign is. Trump dallied; he failed to take lead. He failed to coordinate properly. He failed to move early. Killed more people, caused more mayhem, and everything else that that results from what's taking place. And of course, the economy is in serious trouble. Over 30 million people applied for unemployment insurance. That's because Trump hasn't handled this right. The economy's on him. The virus is on him. The Democrats who are hiding under their desks in their various mansions at the uh, Napa Valley uh, winery of Nancy Pelosi and all the rest, they're all right. I mean, can't attack them, ladies and gentlemen. They, They want nationalization, centralization, dictates up the wazoo. As Trump dallied, governors moved on their own to order the residents to stay at home. Mr. Noballs, I have a question for you as a constitutional matter. What authority does a president have to order citizens of states to stay home? And can you name one president who's ever done that? Under any circumstances, the Spanish flu of 1918? I'm aware of no authority in the Constitution where a president has the power to authorize residents to stay, citizens to stay in the residence, or for that matter, to shut businesses. And it wasn't that long ago when Andrew Cuomo, very inarticulately, was slobbering out there that he president doesn't have any of that power. And that's, hey, federalism, just give me money. Federalism. So Dan Nobles doesn't even know what he's talking about. And this is a piece on federalism. When the president threatened to force states to lift those restrictions governors resisted, when Trump supported protesters demanding that their states be opened, that's not what he did. It was the Trump administration, no balls, who put out the guidelines. And the president has said that states need to look at the guidelines and wherever possible open, not to be so uh, authoritarian. This drives the left nuts, because fascism, in support of big government let me paraphrase uh, Barry Goldwater, is no vice when it comes to the Democrats. We'll continue unraveling Dan No Balls at the Washington Compost when we return. I'll be back. Mark If you and your family are finding yourself at home with extra time on your hands these days, I know an excellent way to fill it. Take a free online course from Hillsdale College. Hillsdale offers dozens of online courses on topics, including the U.S. Constitution, economics, history, and literature. Right in your own home, on demand and absolutely free of charge, Hillsdale students learn the inspiring history of America. Now you can, too, with Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. Learning and teaching our children about America's past is essential for preserving liberty in the future. Register right now to take this free online course, The Great American Story. It's a production masterpiece, and it paints a picture of America as a land of hope founded on high principles. This course and dozens of others on a variety of topics are available to you and your family for free right now. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for So we dealt with the New York Slimes, Peter Baker, fraud, and now we're at the Washington Compost, Dan Balls, or as he's often called, uh, at least by me, Dan No Balls, B-A-L-Z, of course, we don't use profanity here. We'll go on to his spectacular news piece in the Washington Compost. This display of state power is very much as the founders intended when they established the nation. Just as they created checks and balances at the national level among the legislative, executive, and judicial branches. I guess he thinks people who read the Post are idiots. Maybe they are. Over time, the federal government has regularly usurped the broad authority given to the states, often to wipe away problems or correct historical injustices. He doesn't even understand history that the federal court, called the Supreme Court, was the court that ruled in Plessy versus Ferguson. And also upheld slavery. (laughs) This guy. This spring the balance of power has been flipped with states forced to compensate for failings at the national level. See this? There's failings at not failings in New York, not failings in California, not failings in New Jersey or Illinois or Michigan. No failings at the national level because Trump is the president you see. This is the narrative. So if you're a liberal democrat, you love this newspaper. Like you love the New York Times, they they're great, right? Those federal deficiencies reflect an absence of readiness and sometimes a lack of interest and competence on the part of the Trump administration. The deficiencies have been compounded by a president given to issuing conflicting advice, attacking individual governors and making wildly misleading and outright false statements. As when he suggested that scientists should explore injecting disinfectants into people to combat the virus. We've been through this. That is a lie. That's not what he said. It's certainly not what he meant. But they can't help it. This is the big lie, or big lies in this case. I'm going to continue with this after the break because it is very, very important to understand why the president lashes out against these people. They are utterly corrupt. They're intellectual frauds. They are party apparatchiks. And they are campaigning against the president of the United States for re-election. The president is running against the Democrat Party media and the Democrat Party. We'll be right back.
2: From the Westwood One Podcast Network.
1: He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
0: Hello America, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. So I grabbed these newspapers this morning. And even look at them, I said, "All right, I'll look at them 30 minutes before the show. I've got dozens of things here that I want to talk about, but then I just I', I got to take my time and do what I've got to do. Bouncing around fast isn't going to do anybody any good. You want to know why? The Carter, from New York down to Washington, D.C., and pretty much everything in between, pushes the news, pulls the nudes, prods the Democrats sides with the Democrats, celebrates the hostility against Trump. You're hearing it. I just told you what the New York Times said. Peter Baker, one of their top reporters, is a disgrace and a disaster and a liar. And now you're seeing Dan Balls, a.k.a. Dan No Balls, same exact thing. They could write the same exact article. And this is what people are reading. This is what they see and hear. Propaganda. Dan Balls, a.k.a. Dan No Balls, he goes on. He quotes Governor Pritzker, among the worst governors, who sends his family on a private jet to Florida when he's telling everybody to hide under their kitchen table. Quote, What I can say is we've had very little leadership with regard to the coronavirus crisis from the federal government, said Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. The first term governor recently reviewed the history of presidential leadership in times of crisis. Quote, each of them understood the importance and power that the federal government has to move the country in a single direction toward victory. I've seen nearly none of that out of our president. And yet, no balls could have quoted Newsom, could have quoted Cuomo, could have quoted Murphy out of New Jersey. Didn't quote any of them. Because Pritzker fits his narrative. Now, I want you to think a second about what these fools are pushing, the centralization of decision-making on when, as an example, when to open up this economy or that economy. A president, whoever, whomever the president is, his staff, his experts, can't possibly know the details of what's taking place in Idaho, in Oklahoma, In Texas, in Florida, in New York, in California, in Rhode Island, North Dakota, South Dakota, Kentucky, Georgia, Wyoming, Oregon, Washington State, New Mexico, Arizona, and on and on. They can't possibly know. The governors, they have quite sizable bureaucracies too. They have health experts too. In fact, when it comes to health issues, governors are much more involved on a day-to-day basis than presidents. Number of hospitals they have, hospital beds, whether they can expand hospitals, number of MRIs, CTs, on, and on. These are all decisions made at a state level. Exactly what is the president going to do? Project his views on all these states, all these localities, From one end of the country to the other. This is a very diverse country. It's diverse geographically. The people are diverse. The economies are diverse. I don't know. How many farms are there in Manhattan? I don't believe there's any. (coughs) I don't believe there's any. And how many shoe manufacturers are in Lawrence, Kansas? I don't believe there's any. This is why we have 50 states. This is why we have governors and state legislatures. It's not an ideological thing. It's a fact. It's a big, diverse country. It's not like one of the Scandinavian countries where one size fits all. And you have states that are so big that they're making decisions in part based on counties. Like in Florida, that's been hugely successful. The really successful governors are not quoted anywhere in this massively long Dan No Balls piece, which goes from the front page to A12, takes up the entire page, but for a photo with Trump and Cuomo. States versus Washington is one of the headlines. So you really have to be a propagandist to write something like this. Who else does he quote? Larry Hogan in Maryland, who's a loser? He's a buffoon. He quotes him. Quotes officials from the Obama administration. Cherry-picks certain professors. So this is not a serious piece of journalism. This is a serious piece of propaganda. And people in and around Washington, D.C. that read this paper are suckers. This is what they're getting. From Dan No Balls. What's happening now with the various states is crucially important. It's actually a wonderment, look it up, compared to other countries. Some states are in better positions than others for a whole variety of reasons. It doesn't even matter. And they're opening up faster and more broadly than other states. Some states and cities are in worse shape. Either because of nature or because of the mismanagement of this virus early on. But whatever the reason, presidential fiats and directives to all the states, all the counties, all the cities would be a disaster. It would literally be a disaster right now. Thank God we have federalism. Thank God. Can you imagine every state being treated like Michigan? Or every city being treated like New York? It would be absurd. And by the way, some of the blue states are starting gradually, reluctantly to open up now. Are they now not following the science? And no, we're in here. In either of these pieces, does the president get credit for anything? Absolutely nothing. Zero. All of a sudden, Dan Noballs of the Washington Compost is big on governors. Only certain governors of very, very dark blue states, and one Republican governor because he's effectively a putative Democrat who trashes Trump. It's like the New York Slimes piece by Peter Baker. doesn't like George W. Bush, but he'll use George W. Bush in a pinch, and George W. Bush is enough of a sucker to do it. Puts out this video. You know, we really need to unite now. Oh, you don't you, you do say, huh? Should we unite how? For the president? Behind the president? No, no. we got to unite against the president. All these failures at the federal level and all this and all that. By the way, those of you who are liberals, can I, can I help save you money? If you read the New York Times, you don't need to read the Washington Post or vice versa. They're they're redundant. They're redundant. Now let's swing back to the New York Slime, shall I? I think I shall. Folks, if I don't do this, nobody's going to do this. I know there's a lot of stuff out there, and I spent from 3 in the morning all the way up to today pulling articles I wanted to get, but this is just too important. You turn to page A18 of the New York Slimes. Trump pick among judges opposing ban on joining conservative group. I said, oh, that's really a mush of some... What are they talking about? By Rebecca Ruiz and Ben protests. As the Senate this week considers elevating a politically connected judge to an influential federal appeals court the judge has stepped into a fierce ideological debate about a legal group shaping President Trump's right word overhaul of the judiciary. Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, it's not a right word, right word overhaul of the judiciary. Again, these are propagandists and demagogues. If you're supporting people who support the Constitution, that's not right-wing or left-wing, nor is it political or ideological. That is what you're supposed to do. Now, Rebecca and Ben, may I call you Rebecca and Ben? How about Becky and Benji? Becky and Benji. Do not judges take an oath to uphold the Constitution? Are they not supposed to have fidelity to the wording and to the context and to the intent? Well, how is that right word? That's right where it ought to be. That's a bullseye. The judge, now, now they're going to smear this guy. Justin Walker of the US District Court in Kentucky has joined more than 200 federal judges a majority of them appointed by Mr Trump in signing a letter that defends their right to be affiliated with the group the Federalist Society This is a an article that is the top half of the entire page with photos on A18 The Federalist Society What's wrong with the Federalists? Are are they Marxists? No. Democratic Socialists? No. Are they a violent group? No. What's their problem? It is an organization whose members are libertarians and constitutional conservatives. My God! My God! We can't have that! They're moving rightward. They're going to move the country right wing. White supremacy, white privilege. Oh, my God. Yes. The letter, a copy of which was obtained by the New York Times. It wasn't obtained, leaked to you clowns was written in March in response to a proposal by the ethics advisory arm of the federal judiciary that would block membership in the conservative group because of perceived bias. So you see, you're perceived to be biased if you believe in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. My God, they're biased. Well, how so? Well, they believe in unalienable rights. They believe in limited government. They believe in what the framers wrote. My God, we can't have judges like this. No way. Federalist society, what the hell? Meanwhile, look at the reprobates the Democrats put on the court. Left-wing hack professors, left-wing hack lawyers. Look at this Berman in Washington, D.C., an Obama appointee. They never talk about left-wing judges. Well, they want to move the court to left-wing with these left-wing judges that support the American Civil Liberties Union and other groups like that. And it's become quite controversial. And the Center for Judicial Ethics and uh, and, and uh, Urinals, uh, they, uh, they believe very, very strongly now that you should not be members of this group. And this guy, this judge who wants to be elevated, dared to sign a letter with 200 other federal judges saying, no, I can be a member of this group. So what they're trying to do is destroy the Federalist Society. This is what they did. They wanted to destroy Fox News. They wanted to destroy conservative talk radio. They want to destroy protests by average Americans who have small businesses and want to open them, or average Americans who want to get back to work. We have to destroy them, whether they call themselves the Tea Party, gotta destroy them. Gotta destroy Trump, gotta destroy his family, gotta destroy everyone around Trump. This is the media. And this judge, this guy, why he wants to remain a member of the Federalist system. My God. You got a man who headed the CIA that voted for a communist under Obama. Oh, that's all right. That, that Brennan—he's a hell of a guy. That's a very sharp. But that was years and years ago. We don't worry about that. Now, a reasonable and informed public would view judges holding membership in these organizations to hold, advocate, and serve liberal or conservative interests. The panel said in its proposal. What a joke. We have a member of the United States Supreme Court. Hollywood makes a movie after her. They pretend she's working out in the gym. She's holding on as long as she can, hoping the Trump administration goes. They give her an RBG. Oh, RBG? What the hell is that? Oh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, like AOC, like LBJ and JFK. Oh, when you get three letters, so you've made it. Oh, RG, what? Oh, yeah. RBG. She was general counsel of the American Criminal Liberties, I mean American Civil Liberties Union. Did they object to that? No, I don't believe the New York Times had a problem with that. How about the federal advisory BSBS? Did they object to that? No, not in the least. The Federalist Society promotes the Constitution and the Declaration, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it does. Among lawyers. And the New York Slimes wants to make it controversial. What a bunch of totalitarians! I mean, honest to God, we need to centralize decision making. We cannot allow these protests. No, 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 and, and you can't be a member of the Federalist Society, might, and no, and this Fox News, and nah, nah, talk radio. Dangerous times. I'll be right back. March. Do you know what we do at Levin TV on the Blaze TV Network? Well, we give you intelligent content you won't see anywhere else. You want to know the most powerful source of revenue? Money. Most amount of money is donated from what group to the Democrat Party and Democrat candidates? Do you know, Mr. Producer? The trial lawyers. Not the unions. NEA comes in a close second. The trial lawyers. And so here we have, paging through, now ink all over my hands... Maybe I should sue the Washington Compost to New York slimes. It seems dangerous. The top of the editorial page today. Exploiting a crisis. Mr. McConnell should not use the pandemic to advance his tort reform agenda. Having tried and failed to make Democrats meet his conditions for approving additional small business funding last month. You see this? It's the Democrats. Who've had all these conditions. No, 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 no. It's McConnell, don't you know? Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell appears intent on staging yet another partisan showdown over federal coronavirus relief when the upper chamber returns to Washington on Monday today. That issue is aid to reeling state and local governments, possibly hundreds of billions of dollars worth which Mr. McConnell previously linked to allowing state bankruptcy, only to meet with resistance from both Democrats and Republicans. Now the majority leader says he's open to aid for states, but only if it's tied to legislation limiting employee and other lawsuits over alleged coronavirus safety failings at opening businesses. Safety failings? You see, for the New York slimes, the only good business is a dead business. Because they were dead and somebody bailed them out. This is the Washington Compost, same model. That's going to be my red line for the next negotiation, McConnell said. Democrats are throwing cold water on this latest ploy. It's a ploy. And understandably so, the Senate Majority Leader may have powerful business lobbies behind it. These are not powerful businesses we're talking about, America. These are barber shops and tattoo parlors, massage parlors, pizzerias. Franchises like UPS stores and FedEx stores, that's you. But he still risks violating what is or should be a cardinal rule for both parties during the crisis. Do not exploit it to pursue pre-existing policy agendas. Oh, I see. So Nancy Pelosi has an arm's length list of policies. They're the ones that slow down the money. I didn't really have a problem with it, but they're the ones that slowed down the money to all these entities. And now Mitch McConnell says, wait a minute, we we need to protect some of these businesses. You know how many lawsuits have been filed so far, as fast as we can count, against businesses of every size? Almost 1,000 because of the slip and fall, ambulance-chasing, Democrat Party, slip and fall trial lawyers. So I've been watching these riots around the country. I'm absolutely sickened. I'm sure most of you are. You know, John Locke once said, law is not to abolish or restrain, but to preserve and enlarge freedom. Where there's no law, there's no freedom. You want to let rioters burn down your cities? There goes your freedom. You want to get rid of cops? There goes your freedom. You want to elect Joe Biden? There goes your freedom. As you've heard me say many times, I have a liberty agenda. And at Levin TV, which airs on Blaze TV... You can watch this come to life with our conservative pro-American content that reveres our Constitution and champions our individual freedoms. This is what we do each and every day. And there's never been a better time to check us out. Just go to LevinTV.com, L-E-V-I-N-TV.com, and sign up today for a free 30-day trial. That's right, we're going to give you a full month of TV and all the other great shows on Blaze TV at no cost to you. But only if you subscribe right now at LevinTV.com.
1: Where Americans meet to defend liberty and defeat tyranny. Call the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811.
0: So, uh, if you dare to rein in the ambulance-chasing, slip-and-fall, Democrat-contributing lawyers... Well, then you're exploiting a crisis for special interests, big business. But they're not suing just big business. You've got small-time lawyers suing little businesses. The problem is, ladies and gentlemen, there are many ways to destroy our our country and our system. Some are nature, some are man-made. If you're going to sue businesses that are trying to open, if you're going to sue businesses that tried to fill gaps with PPEs and PPPs and all the rest of it, then you're destroying yourselves from within. Why? To protect the trial lawyers? They're the only group that it, – it's an amazing thing. I just read you this piece by Daniel Noballs at the Washington Compost. The problem is federalism, he says. The problem is the president's not taking charge. Then when it comes to tort reform, the problem is Mitch McConnell wants to address that at a national level. Why? Well, because when you're destroying business, it has a national effect. Interstate commerce. It affects interstate commerce, a carve-out in the Constitution. Well, we can't do, that. that's exploiting a crisis. So this is what you get out of the Washington Compost. Hardcore leftism. Then You're not going to believe this. Then here we are in the middle of a crisis, right? That's what they say. The editorial underneath, let's hear from Mr. McGann. I, I almost broke my neck. What? Congress shouldn't be neutered. They're not done with Trump. The compo- and this is what gives energy to the kooks in the Democrat Party. Because the Washington Post is not reporting, it's not even opining about things that have happened. It is pushing an agenda. In its news pages, you can't tell this Dan Noballs from the editorial page in the Washington Post. Or Peter Baker. Two months ago, a three-judge panel of the U.S. District Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit, the second most powerful court in the land, issued a ruling that would neuter Congress's ability to investigate presidential wrongdoing. Two weeks ago. So they're backing Nadler. They're backing Pelosi. It goes on and on. I'm not going to waste my time on this. That's their second editorial. And then their third editorial is the balance of faith and safety. Now, this is pretty funny coming from the editorial page of the Washington Compost, where I'm sure the faceless editorial page writers are very religious people, don't you know? They don't know anything about evangelical Christians, Orthodox Jews, you name it, on and on. But it doesn't matter. Religious expression is protected. Oh, thank you. But it should not endanger public health. When is out there beating everybody's brains in, do they say, hey, look, protest is protected, but it should not endanger public health? That's the three editorials. So if you're reading the Washington Compost, this is what you're getting day in and day out. Trashing Trump, lying about the facts, turning the world inside out, followed up by a nice, heavy, heaping, you-know-what of editorial writing. By the way, if you haven't tried Super Beets Soft Chews, you're missing out. Soft Chews. You say, Mark, what do you mean Soft Chews? I thought it's a powder. Well, you can get that. Or you can get a chew. Now, why should you? Super beets Soft Chews combine non-GMO beets with a powerful new ingredient, grapeseed extract. Don't, don't lose me. Stay with me. Because it actually tastes great. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective as supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Better blood pressure means more energy, the way nature intended, without the jittery caffeine and stimulants. Now you can take just two delicious chews a day, anytime, anywhere, but just to, you're going to like them so much you're going to want to take more. Just two. It's not candy. To get the blood pressure support you need and the energy you want. Do what I did and support your heart health with delicious SuperBeets Beats chews. You just take a couple of them with you if you're leaving in the morning or take one in the morning. Take it any you want. Two of them. Get your SuperBeets Beats chews today. Here's what you do. And I want to encourage you to try it. Just try it. Go to Levin's All right. That's L-E-V-I-N-S-B-E-E-T-S.com. Levin's Beets. Dot com. And when you buy two bags, they'll throw in the third one for free. That's levinsbeats.com, L-E-V-I-N-S-B-E-E-T-S.com, Beats.com. Want to hear more? Let's take a look at the Wall Street Journal news section, okay? The news section. I could be doing a ton of this every day, but I'm not. I just want to show you what goes on here. Not the editorial page, which is usually quite good. The news section. You go to page A3. Listen to this headline right in the middle of the page. You can't miss it. Biden accuser weighs her response. And they have a picture of Tara Reid. Tara Reid, when she was in her 20s, was a beautiful young woman. She's still, in my view, a beautiful woman. But she's very heavy. She's gained some weight. Hence the headline. Biden accuser weighs her response. You see that, Mr. Reducer? Weighs her response. Why would you put that word in there? No, this isn't idle chit-chat. Biden accuser weighs her response. And they have a photo of her right there. They're trying to destroy this woman. The media are trying to destroy this woman. And if they can't destroy her, they're going to try and push Biden out. There's already a piece in the New York Slimes about Plan B. I told you there would be. But regardless of what I said, this poor woman now is under attack because they're betting on Biden as president. And now they're pushing Michelle Obama. They're pushing Michelle Obama to be the running mate. This committee that he put together wants Michelle Obama. I guarantee you there's backroom talks about Michelle Obama. And if he picks Michelle Obama, you're not allowed to criticize her. You can't criticize her. You can attack Melania Trump. You can attack her clothes, her shoes, her purse. The woman knows five languages. is fluent in five languages. And is a self-made multimillionaire. And she's beautiful. And they hate her. When is the last time they wrote a piece that was solely and wholly complimentary of Melania Trump. They take these Democrat first ladies, some of them who look, yeah, I mean, whatever, and they promote them. Oh, Mrs. Carter, you're so smart. Or if they're very liberal, like Betty Ford, or if they had issues they can talk about, what. oh, Betty was great. She was unbelievable. Pro abortion, pro ERA, never seen any of, friends. you know, that sort of thing. They hated Nancy Reagan, hated her. But can you imagine Michelle Obama, and then, oh, and she's in line to be president. Oh, it'd be unbelievable. The first woman of color vice president, maybe the first woman of color president. They've got the next 20 years figured out, or at least 16. Oh, it would be exciting like nothing else. Oh, Michelle Obama. And by the way, she's made her hundreds of millions of dollars. I've never understood the big yak-yak uh, about Michelle Obama. I didn't think she was particularly outstanding. May I put it that way? They always complimented her clothing. I never liked most of it. Melania knows how to dress. They never talked. Look at that, a $5,000 purse. Meanwhile, Michelle Obama's got a $5,000 purse. No, I'm not a fan of the Obamas either of them. You know what is it with the Democrats? You know, the husband becomes president, and the wife wants to be president, like Hillary Clinton. It's like the Peron family down there in uh, whatever Argentina. So there's uh, there's the Wall Street Journal. This poor woman, Tara Reid. The Me Too movement. It's the Me Too liberal movement. That's what it is. Hello. It's the Me Too liberal movement. It's not a Me Too movement. That's a joke. Liberals are not opposed necessarily to these things. I mean, after all, some of their leaders are the biggest reprobates there ever were. Lyndon Johnson, with all respect, John Kennedy, his father, Ted Kennedy, perhaps Biden. Perhaps Biden. So you got to go to one editorial page of one of the national newspapers to find something interesting. And then you go to the front page of USA Today, which really should be USA Tomorrow since it's printed and it means the news from yesterday. But that's whatever. 16,000 dead in nursing homes. Right there, top of the page. Right side. Dire shortages of supplies. Testing still a problem. So I read this piece. And I'm thankful they're writing about it since we've been hammering away at this I don't know how long. Since March 26th? Yeah. Over at the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost. They're behind the curve. They weren't listening. I don't know where Dan Noballs was and Peter Baker. And it goes on to page four right down the right side. And I'm reading and I'm reading and I'm reading. And I don't see Andrew Cuomo's name. So how do you write about all the deaths in nursing homes and not talk about the decisions made by Andrew Cuomo and his, his health guy Zucker, another mother, Zucker? Or not read about Ron DeSantis, who did a hell of a job protecting his elderly in the nursing homes. Then they quote the AARP as if they have anything to do with anything. If they're not selling insurance, what's the point? More than 2 million Americans live in long-term care settings, including a nation's 15,000 federally regulated nursing homes, 28,900 assisted living facilities, according to the Senate CDC. More than 67,000 Americans have died, but the long-term care industry has been particularly ravaged. Why is that? Well, the virus doesn't like old people. It doesn't like people with weak immune system. It doesn't like frail people. We know this. So I'm reading this, and I'm going, well, no, no wait a minute. What, do you, what if you have a governor who literally sends corona-positive patients leaving hospitals into nursing homes, into other such facilities? What then? There's not a word about it on page one. Nothing. Not a word about it. So there's news by hit job, and there's news by cover-up and censorship. I'll be right back. It's been reported that Americans are overpaying on car insurance by over $21 billion. But searching for a better deal can take hours and typically results in a barrage of unwanted spam calls. Until now, thanks to TheZebra.com. free you can save up to six hundred and seventy dollars a year using thezebra.com. whatever your economic situation the zebra is committed to helping you save how much can you save on car and home insurance go today and start saving at the slash levin that's the slash levin spelled t-h-e-z-e-b-r-a.com slash l-e-v-i-n I want to have a heart-to-heart with you briefly. I tell you this for a reason. I tell you some things for a reason. I can't necessarily come out and just explain it in detail or what station or market or company I'm talking about. But I strongly want to encourage you to download our podcast platform. Strongly want to encourage you to download our podcast platform. 99.9% of our affiliates are magnificent. Same with the program directors and same with the companies they're with. They make it possible for you to hear me over the radio. But there are all kinds of things going on in this industry. And in one or two markets, I scratch my head where well, they want to use infomercials. Infomercials. And either push this show back or in lieu of this show. And also, like I say, 99.9% of these affiliates are smart. They're run by smart people. They're interested in the audience. And so I want to encourage you. So I can't talk about the markets yet. I want to encourage you now to do the following. Strongly encourage you. Go to marklevinshow.com. That's the main website, the mothership of my radio system, of my radio broadcast. marklevinshow.com. Click on the audio rewind at the middle of the top of the home page. It'll be right there in front of you at the top in the middle. Of the home page, click it. That'll take you to the podcast page, and then you'll have a choice: Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or Stitcher. Some of you, I'm speaking French. It's okay. Just click one of them. Apple, I believe, is the most popular, but there's Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher. Links right there. Click it, and then download it. And no matter what even if some nights when you're busy and you got other stuff to do, I get it, you can always listen on the podcast. You can always listen on the podcast. In other words, you're your own programmer. Our podcast is massively expanding. Our ratings are extremely high. Our ratings on Fox are extremely high. Levin TV God bless it, is doing better than ever because of you. So one or two people make bonehead decisions in the industry. I don't want it to affect your ability to listen to this radio show. This is what I love more than anything else in terms of my career, radio. Even as a six... We have people, as I said, who write books about talk radio, and I'm kind of a throwaway line, and they think they know me. They don't even talk to me. They don't even know how I began in radio. They let me know what 16 and 17 years old. I was listening to radio, listening to Bob Grant, listening to guys in Philadelphia, Dominic Quinn and Irv Homer, and so on and on and on. That I used to visit the local radio station and watch a friend of mine who had the slot from midnight to 5 a.m. This is when I was 15, 16, 17 years old. They have no idea who I am, nothing, but you do, instinctively and otherwise. So I would strongly encourage you to do this, and we're going to put this together, and tomorrow we're going to put it up on Mark Levin's show, Facebook, and Mark Levin's show, Twitter. We're going to run a campaign now, I am, for as many Levinites as possible, millions and millions of you. I want you to continue to listen to our loyal affiliates. But I want you to have this in your back pocket, the podcast, just in case. And you can listen to it on any device, really on any computer it's there. marklevinshow.com you got to go there, click on the audio rewind, it's the middle of the top of the home page, and then pick the podcast page. You'll be on the podcast, pick the podcast you like. Now if you're older and you're not sure how to do this, ask somebody who does. It's that simple. If you have a cell phone, you'll be able to listen to this show. A computer, a PC, a Macintosh, an iPad, I can go on and on. I mean, really, if you have, a, if you have a, a filling in your tooth, you should be able to listen. So I want to encourage you strongly. You might say, Mark, I don't really need this. I, trust me, you do. Just to have it available. And the podcast is, uh, is a truncated uh, airing of this program. And so you'll be able to listen to it any time you want to. So, I say, stick with our wonderful affiliates but always be prepared. Always be prepared. Isn't that what the Boy Scouts say? Be prepared. And I'll be right back.
2: From the Westwood One Podcast Network.
1: deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877
0: 381 Let's finish up our review of the newspaper, shall we? I think we shall. Here in the top of the metro section of the Washington Compost takes three reporters, Anne Marimau, Rebecca Tan, and Aaron Cox. Hogan, this would be the hapless governor of Maryland. Hogan resists pressure to quickly reopen Maryland. Yes, you see, the people want their... They're stayed open and Hogan is resisting it. And so he gets these magnificent headlines out of the Washington Compost and Hogan lives by the headlines in the Washington Compost. I would never vote for that clown. If you're going to have a Democrat, have a Democrat. It's not, well, it's Hogan or the Democrat. Uh, that's not a choice. That's not a choice. And I say this with all respect and admiration the man's had cancer and he has survived it. But good Lord, can't you lose about a hundred pounds or something for your own health? These people talk about your health, they're going to take care of you, their population, they smoke, they eat, they're, they're zaftig, they're, uh, they're gluttonous. Not gluttonous, gluttonous. And I say that out of the deepest concern for the governor, Mr. Producer. Just, it's, it's, I mean, his, his double chin is a chin. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. He really needs to take care of himself. All right. I laid the foundation. Some of you are just joining me. It's too bad. We've had two great hours, if I say so myself. So here's the president last night talking about, among other things, the press. That he's had worse press than Lincoln. And honestly, as somebody who has studied this, Lincoln had bad press, and if he really didn't like it, he would shut down the newspaper and arrest the journalists through his Secretary of War, Stanton. But nobody's had as horrible press as Donald Trump. I can't think of any president. This this has been uh, a grotesque mob media. It really has been. And they're so invested in this ideologically and every other way, they wake up every morning trying to figure out how to screw him and they're encouraged to do it because most of these news outlets hate you and hate this country, which is why they're constantly embracing Bernie Sanders and that anti-American, anti-individual, anti-Constitution, anti-Declaration agenda. And anybody writing about talk radio or mentioning me, I'm happy to debate you on this very subject. And so here's the interview last night. I thought it was a pretty darn good show. I really do. And I thought the president did superbly well. And I thought uh, Brett Baer in particular was excellent. Martha McCallum was very, very good.
2: Cut one. Go. I am greeted with a hostile press, the likes of which no president has ever seen. Uh, the closest would be that gentleman right up there. They always said Lincoln. Nobody got treated worse than Lincoln. I believe I am treated worse. You're there, you see those press conferences. They come at me with questions that are disgraceful, to be honest, disgraceful. Their manner of presentation and their words. And I feel that if I was kind to them, I'd be, I'd be walked off the stage. I mean, they come at you with the most horrible, horrendous, biased questions. And you see it, 94 and 95% of the press is hostile. And yet, if you look in Florida today, we had hundreds and hundreds of boats going up and down the intercoastal Trump Trump. We have tremendous support, but the media is they might as well be in the Democrat Party. And why? I don't know. We fixed our military. We fixed the vet. You know, if you look at the the VA, you take a look at what's going on with our vets. They have choice now and we have accountability. We're able to get rid of people that don't treat our vets well. They've, They've been trying to do that for 44 years. And because of civil service and the unions, you couldn't do it. The biggest thing is choice. We've, we've done a choice. where if a vet can't see a doctor quickly, they go outside, they get a doctor. They get fixed up. We pay the bill instead of waiting for five weeks, seven weeks. Look at how well these things are running. We rebuilt our military. We've done We had the greatest tax cut, biggest tax cut in history. All of the things we've done. And yet we have a very hostile press. And, and you understand I, Maybe you're not going to say it or admit it, and maybe you shouldn't. But nobody has ever seen anything like this. So I really appreciate the question, and I, I very much appreciate the sentiment behind the question. But I'm standing up there, and instead of asking me a normal question, the level of anger and hatred, I'll look at him. and I'll say, what's your problem?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, they're liberal, hardcore Democrats who are out to destroy you. That's their problem. Uh, They walk in circles. They always walk to the left in circles. They can't help it. Now, what was Doris Kern Goodwin's attitude about this? Now, she knows everything. Now, of course, her husband was a close confidant of LBJ, and she's been a liberal Democrat her entire life. But there's nobody as brilliant as Doris. Nobody. Wasn't she accused of plagiarizing once? And by the way, I don't say that. I don't know 100%, but I seem to recall there was a problem. Would you check that very quickly, uh, Mr. Call Screener? I don't, I want to correct it if I'm wrong, but I, I seem to think she was accused of something. But that doesn't mean she's guilty, you know, like Tara Reid and Biden. Just because you're accused doesn't mean anything. Cut to uh, CNN, Go.
1: All presidents are upset with the way the press treats them. It's part of democracy. I mean, that's what Churchill said. He said, you know, democracy, you know, it's it's not perfect. It's not all wise. But it's, you know, look at all those other governments we've tried. It's better than any of them. Wow,
0: what it. an answer. Wow, it's better than any other system. Is that the best we can say? She was or not? Rich, she was? Okay. And I don't want to go in a deep dive into her background, but I, but I thought so. Anyway, go ahead. Where to look at this. Even, even if you're just limiting it to press treatment. Oh, by the way, that's John Berman, everybody. He's dumber than a doorknob. Go ahead. Presidents, how does the treatment that President Trump receives compare to that which Lincoln received?
1: Well, Lincoln would have been argued by the other side, by the North. He would have been argued against by the Democrats when he did those great debates with Stephen Douglas. Now right, Lincoln- let's stop.
0: She, she doesn't know because she never researched this. She's going to great debates with Stephen Douglas. She, she has no idea how Lincoln was treated by the press because she never examined it go ahead.
1: on one of his debates and say in the Republican paper, he was so great, he was carried out on the arms of his supporters, the Democratic paper might say, he was horrible, he fell on the floor so they had to carry him out in shame. So he was used to that kind of bifurcated media, but he would hardly right, confess. So let's
0: stop there based on what she said. Which really doesn't require research, but she hasn't researched it. Is the country was very divided along the lines of slavery. The Democrat Party supported slavery. The Republican Party was actually founded in opposition to slavery. And she talks about the Lincoln-Douglas debates. They were running for the Senate. Now, even though there wasn't an election for a senator in Illinois, uh, they were trying to influence the state legislature. So they were both running. And these Lincoln-Douglas debates are absolute genius when you read them. They're magnificent. But she'd be right to say that Democratic papers would oppose Lincoln and Republican papers would support him because back then it was the tail end of the party press period where the party was identified by the press that they supported. And I've talked about this before. It's like the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, the Democrat newspaper, or the Arizona Republic was the Arizona Republican originally. Papers like that. Today they're frauds. They pretend that they're objective, of course, which they're not. They don't have the, the transparency or the integrity to identify. It ought to be the New York Democrat Times and the Washington Democrat Compost, you know, but they're, they're never going to do that. They're never going to do that. Lincoln complained bitterly about the press. And he complained bitterly that some of the press was undermining the war effort, sabotaging it. And there were two New York papers in particular, and I write about this in Unfreedom of the Press, that had information or said they had information or was fed information about troop movements and how many, how many troops Lincoln planned to further forcibly enlist into the war, that is draft. And he got out. And for a long weekend, what Lincoln did is he ordered those papers shut down and he ordered the, the publishers of the two newspapers to be imprisoned, and they were and they were released shortly thereafter who do you think who do you think suspended habeas corpus in violation of the constitution abraham lincoln why cuz saboteurs in maryland cut the telegraph wires maryland was kind of to put it sloppily half confederate half union And they cut the telegraph wires, and so the communication links were lost for a period of time. And so he sent the infantry in there to get these guys, and he denied them habeas corpus, and he locked them up. Lincoln also sent a congressman from Ohio who opposed him, deported him to the South. Did you know this, Mr. Producer? Deported the congressman to the South. Lincoln, you know, I don't think Lincoln would have said anything. You know, he understood there was a bar for it. Kid- Lincoln understood everything, and Lincoln acted with an iron fist. He was, he, we were losing the country as a country. And you can explain a number of these things as necessary, if, or you can attack him as, well, look at what he did. Trump hasn't done any of this stuff ever. It doesn't even enter his mind He lashes back at the media that's been lashing at him endlessly. And, of course, Lincoln would speak up, and Churchill would speak up. They would all speak up, and they did. And this isn't a matter of, well, all presidents didn't like the press. Let me give you a perfect example, also an unfreedom of the press. It says here, and this is from, I would tell, uh, Berman, but he's too stupid to read, and Goodwin, who ought to read it. A study from Harvard Kennedy School's Shorenstein Center on the Media, Politics, and Policy. I've told you about this. I've written about this. With respect to President Trump, on May 18, 2017, they issued a comprehensive analysis of news coverage just on the first 100 days of the Trump presidency. Here's what they found. They didn't find a hostile press they found a killer press that was out to destroy this man in the first hundred days of his presidency. It's only gotten worse. And I quote from the report, six of the seven U.S. outlets in our study, CBS, CNN, NBC, The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, and The Washington Post, are among those the president has attacked by name, all six portrayed Trump's first 100 days in highly unfavorable terms. CNN and NBC's coverage were the most, this is their words, unrelenting negative stories about Trump outpaced positive ones by 13 to 1 on the two networks. Trump's coverage on CBS also exceeded the 90% negative mark. Trump's coverage exceeded the 80% negative mark, 87% by the New York Times, 83% negative by the Washington Post, 70% negative by the news pages of the Wall Street Journal. Fox, 52% of Fox's reports with a clear tone were negative, 48% were positive. So 52% of the news, not opinion, was negative, 48% was positive. But that's 34 percentage points less negative than the coverage from the other six outlets and their average, which is why they hate Fox, if they're not negative enough. Then this into this line, out of the Shorenstein, this is a Harvard Kennedy School Production. Listen to this. Trump's coverage during the first 100 days was not merely negative in overall terms. It was, I'm quoting them. It was unfavorable on every dimension. There was not a single major topic where Trump's coverage was more positive than negative. Period. Unquote. Out of a liberal institution trying to do its job. CNN's John Berman must be unencumbered with this information, as is Doris Kearns Goodwin. Lincoln never had coverage like that. Obviously, the Confederate papers, yes, but we're not talking about that. Why, is the New York Times a Confederate newspaper? Washington Compound? I don't think so. So the president is 100% correct about what's taking place. Meanwhile, you had morons like this uh, Al Cinder from National Pubic Radio who tweets out there and others pick up on it. They all talk alike and act alike, and they're all incredibly stupid, which is uh, to think Trump is very upset with the press that he didn't get as much negative attention as Lincoln did. Well, Lincoln was assassinated. He didn't say negative overall. He said negative press. But they don't care. They lie. They're corrupt. And I'll be right back.
1: Mark Levin.
0: AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over two million conservative members strong. Mr. Producer, somebody told me the governor of Virginia, we're so proud to have this man as our governor. A man that wore blackface and then wore a Klan outfit, apologized, and then couldn't remember if it was him because he realized he was wearing the outfit and nobody could see his face. Wait a minute. That's not me. I don't remember. I don't believe I wore that. You don't believe? You don't know? He's the governor. Somebody said they spotted him on a North Carolina beach. During the break, I'm gonna, I don't know that. True? I'm going I'm to take a look. I'm going to see if I can't dig that up. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong,
1: Within America's Paul Revere, call him now at eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one.
0: Before we move on, and there's a lot to do. I've been telling you over the last couple of weeks, the course of the last few weeks, about this fella Andy Lack. Whoever sees NBC News and MSNBC, well, he's out now. We've been pounding the hell out of him for a couple of weeks now. Because he's a disaster in his stupid op-ed that he wrote. We spent time on that, too. NBC Universal CEO Jeff Shell is reorganizing a senior leadership team at the company, making the first major executive restructuring since succeeding Steve Burke at the beginning of the year. Lazarus, Mark Lazarus, who currently oversees NBC Sports Group and the company's local stations, will now oversee the company's entertainment businesses as well, including Peacock. The new streaming service, which soft landed for Comcast subscribers last month, is the company's biggest priority for 2020. And Lazarus will become chairman of NBC Universal Television and Streaming, a new unit that combines NBC Entertainment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Meanwhile, Telemundo chief Cesar Conde will oversee NBC News, MSNBC, and CNBC is chairman of NBC Universal News Group. Succeeding Andy Lack, who will be leaving the company at the end of the month. <laughs> well, now, wait a minute. Cesar Conde was he- heading Telemundo. Isn't Telemundo heavily left-wing, too? So, basically, they're just changing the deck chairs over there. The Lack is out. He said we're at the high point of journalism. And so they said, okay, you're gone. Not high enough, apparently. Jake Tapper... Is another bottom dweller in his basement, in some Tony neighborhood, in some mini estate. Jake Tapper, former Democrat staffer, to Marjorie Margolis Mesvinsky, Democrat congresswoman, one full term, was also the spokes idiot for handgun controlling. But he's now objective. He's a journalist. He's a newsman. I know. Just ask him. Now let's listen to how he poses a question about the Michigan protesters to the hacking hack of a governor, Gretchen Whitmer. She may be the worst of the worst, by the way. Cut three, go.
3: These protests came after President Trump uh, tweeted, uh, Liberate Michigan. He tweeted- all right, so
0: stop there. So it's about Trump, not their freedom, not their businesses, not their jobs. Trump did all this because he dared to tweet, Liberate Michigan. My God. He tweeted what? Liberate Michigan. He did what? Liberate Michigan. Oh. You mean when Obama said get in somebody's face? No, no, that was okay because it was Obama and that's okay. Go ahead. Again, should ahead. give a little, put out the fire. Uh, it,
3: he said that these are very good people uh, about the protesters um, that were featured in the video, to which the executive director of the Jewish Democratic Council of America, Haley uh,
2: Sofer, who why, why,
0: why are you quoting the Jewish Democratic Council of America? Why not quote the Jewish Republicans? So look how they do this. He's asking about protesters. He takes a whack at Trump. Then he brings in the Jewish Democratic Council of America to push a narrative that he wants to push, that Trump is a bigot. Trump, the greatest president towards Israel in the entire history of that little country, a clear friend of the Jewish people, who signed an executive order to protect Jewish people on college campuses, Done much more than Jake Tapper and his friends have ever done. And CNN hates Israel. And yet, listen to how this piece of you know what sets this up. Go ahead. Michigan.
3: She compared those comments to President Trump referring uh, to those marching
0: alongside neo-Nazis in Charlottesville as very. She fine. she compared what comments? Liberate Michigan. To the president referring to those marching alongside neo-Nazis in Charlottesville. I've spent a lot of time on this too. We went through the audio. We went through the transcript. The way the media have twisted what the president said. The president was on this radio program some time back. And we brought it up again and went through it again. It's clear exactly what he was talking about. It doesn't matter because Jake Tapper wants to have said something else. Because Jake Tapper is a liar. He is corrupt, intellectually. And he is a demagogue. Go ahead. Is that how you see these protesters, in that vein, in that extreme? Now, see, see, see he makes all these statements, he jumbles it together, trashes the President of the United States, then puts a question mark behind his statement. This is a Democrat, a leftist working for a Democrat leftist-controlled so-called newsroom. He doesn't question Whitmer about Whitmer. He doesn't question Whitmer about her policies. He doesn't question her about the responses to her policies. And this is being run in the New York Times and everything, that the people who are protesting are neo-Nazis, Klansmen, white supremacists, all of which are born and bred within the Democrat Party's history and have nothing to do with Republicans or constitutional conservatives. Doesn't matter. And so she, obviously, goes for it. Loves it. Go.
3: Well, some of the outrageousness of what happened at our Capitol this week, um, you know, depicted some of the worst racism and and awful parts of our history in this country, you know, the Confederate flags and nooses, the um, swastikas, the, you know, behavior that you've seen in all of the clips is not representative of who we are in Michigan. And it's
0: not representative of 99.9% of the protesters. And If Jake Tapper got off his fat ass out of his basement in some Tony neighborhood in DC or Maryland, and had gone to the protests wearing a mask, Wearing his his proctologist gloves and actually covered the story, he would have known this. He's not a news guy. He's just sitting there pontificating and giving aid and comfort to an outrageous governor. You've got massive layoffs and massive business closures in Michigan. That's what the protests are about. Go ahead.
3: And the fact of the matter is, I mean, we're in a global pandemic. Yeah, we
0: know that, you idiot. I think we know it. We're the ones living through it. We don't need you, you jerk, lecturing us, joining in with Jake Tapper, accusing people who are upset about this, what's happening to their lives, their civil liberties, their businesses and their jobs, where they're losing everything, being told they're neo-Nazis, like Charlottesville. They're being told they're out of line by protesting. The only people, you people, don't like protesting are red-blooded Americans, whether it's the Tea Party or whether it's this. How do we know you're not Klansmen? How do we know you're not neo-Nazis? As a matter of fact, Governor Whitmer, it seems to me you're crushing of civil liberties and individual liberty. Well beyond what's necessary to address this pandemic. Put you in a category. Not the protesters. That maybe Jake Tapper's alluding to. These are disgusting people. Disgusting people. How they try and smear you. The hardworking people of this country how they try and smear our president, how they try and smear me, it is, it is all just so disgusting and outrageous. And Tapper is condescending and he has nothing to be condescending about. He's a dumb twit. Twit. He's not reporting news and he damn well knows it. And I used to say, I never said the president was out of line when he said the media are the enemy of the people. But it's not a line that I was that excited about. But I'll tell you what, he's proven right again. The modern American media, the Democrat Party press, as I call it, collectively, is the enemy of the people. Not the First Amendment. Not freedom of speech. Not freedom of the press. These people who are destroying freedom of speech and freedom of the press and civil liberties. And all the Sunday show guys do this. I saw another interview with Dr. Burks, I think it was. And the host was very upset Dr. Burks wasn't giving her the answers that he wanted. And all these people make a lot of money. And they're sitting at home. They have cameras in their faces. Well, how is it that they're news people? They're not actually gathering news. They're pontificating. Now, they all sound the same. And they're all white. Did I mention that, Mr. Producer? Ooh. They're all white. They're all wearing blue uniforms. Oh. Really? Maybe they're like Charlottesville. Maybe they're insistence that we surrender our protest rights and our civil liberties. Their insistence that governors have the power of martial law. Their insistence that we centralize authority in an unconstitutional way where a president can bang his fist and snap his fingers. Maybe it is they who are like the neo-Nazis and the Klansmen. It's we who are like the patriots of old. Just saying what's good for the goose Well, we did extensive research, and we found that Governor Northam was not, I repeat, not in North Carolina on the beach. That was a different guy in a Klan outfit, Mr. Producer. But it wasn't Governor Northam. So we want to make clear, we're not going to spread rumors here. No way, Jose. That's not what we're going to do. Julian Castro was on MSLSD yesterday. You might say to yourself, why? He's a nobody at this point, because his last name's Castro, on their end of that over at MSLSD. And he had more to say about the protesters. Cut for him, Mr. Producer, go. Uh,
3: you know, all of us have seen the video and the images coming out of Michigan and other places of these folks uh, storming the state capitol, brandishing their weapons, uh, you know, demanding uh, that the state be reopened. We saw the tweets that Donald Trump sent out a week or so ago about you know, liberate Michigan, liberate Virginia, and so forth. Uh, and, what is, and you put your, your finger on it. What's amazing is that if you took those images and you compared them to 11 years ago, uh, the first year of President Obama's presidency, uh, and a lot of the signs and the messages and the spirit of those rallies, it's basically the same thing. It's basically the same thing, and so I think it gets at this long-standing grudge that many people have, uh, that in part is racialized and is racially motivated. Uh, and I also believe that you know when journalists have an opportunity to investigate some of these these rallies, what they're going to find is that that uh, they are organized and perhaps partially funded. Uh, by the same organizations, far-right-wing organizations, that have an interest uh, in stirring these, these uh, passions up.
0: Ah, shut uh, up, so- you idiot. These are people who've lost their jobs, losing their homes, and have lost their businesses. You sit there because you don't have a worry in the world with your racism bullcrap. Meanwhile, ladies and gentlemen, they say, you don't want Donald Trump... He won't unite the country in a crisis. So, you know where George Bush put out what a really wonderful video. Now, they hate Bush, but it doesn't matter. He put out a really wonderful video. What's with this Trump? He won't bring America together. Have you read the New York Times? Of course not. Divide and conquer. Have you read the Washington Boat? Of course not. Divide and conquer. Do you listen to this pissant on MSLSD? What a nut job he is. You listen to Jake Tapper with the idiot Governor of Michigan? Oh, does this remind you of Charlottesville? Uh, no. Your show reminds me of Charlottesville. How do you like that, you puke? How do you watch these shows, America? Do you even watch these shows? And why do these corporations, Comcast owns NBC and MSNBC? And my wife and I have talked about this. I've got Comcast all over the place. We're going to get rid of them. I want nothing to do with Comcast. We're going to get them the hell out of my house. Both our houses. Get them the hell out. I think it's Xfinity, too. I think they're the same thing. I don't know. I don't track it. I just have. We're going to get around. I'm done with them. Got to get rid of Comcast. Then AT&T owns CNN. I don't think I have anything AT&T, but who the hell knows? They're so damn big. AT&T with CNN. You know, we hate these big corporations, these businesses say. They're all owned by massive corporations. The only one who's not owned by a massive corporation, except the corporation that he actually created, is Fox and Murdoch. Well, that's a big corporate. Yeah, but he created it. None of these clowns at AT&T and Comcast, and ever- <clears throat> best as I can recall, Anyway, it's really quite awful out there. I don't want these people. It reminds me of Charlotte, uh, the neo-Nazis. and the, you know, I mean, you got a guy that's the governor of, of Virginia with blackface and a clown. They love the guy, because he's moved hard left. You had Robert Byrd, who ran the Democrat Party for so many years. They love the guy, because he moved hard left. Love the guy. But Donald Trump has no background of such sickness whatsoever. Look at this guy, hates Jews, hates blacks, hates nobody. You people are sick. He's right. And you are the enemy of the people. We salute all you heroes out there. God bless each and every one of you. And I'll see you tomorrow.
2: From the Westwood One Podcast Network.